Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I'm here with William Peters. He is the author of At Heaven's Door, What Shared Journeys to the Afterlife Teach About Dying Well and Living Better. He is the founder of the Shared Crossing Project and director of its research initiative. Recognized as a global leader in the field of shared death studies, he has spent decades studying end-of-life experiences. Welcome, William. Hey, thanks for having me this morning. Yes, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to jump right in. So tell us why you wrote your book. Yeah, I wrote my book because I'm a psychotherapist and I work with a lot of people uh, my, I specialize in end of life, so I work with people who have terminal illnesses, uh, who go through death and dying processes, and then I work on the on the you know the backside of a death, if you will, with grief and bereavement for family members and friends. And I've heard for years about these extraordinary end of life experiences. Uh, the book is primarily about the shared death experience, which is an experience where somebody dies, and a caregiver or loved one. Uh, expresses that they feel like they somehow shared in this transition, that they they were privy to uh, this journey that it seems like we all go on after we have a human death into a benevolent afterlife. And people even say, I feel like I went into the afterlife with my mom, my partner, what have you. And so I wrote this because I wanted people to know that these experiences happen they're very meaningful. They help with healing. And they really put us into relationship with the truth about death and dying. And that death is hard when we lose somebody. But the actual death experience itself, for all we know, is it's actually a relatively peaceful and, I dare say, organized process where we are reunited with our deceased loved ones on the other side. And there's other benevolent beings to help with the transition. So that's why I wrote it, to really, to really help people understand the good aspects um, of a death and dying experience. Okay, great. Yeah, I read your book and it's fascinating. I had never heard of that. I've heard of near-death experiences and getting messages after a person has died, but I have never heard of sharing that experience. So what is your own experience? Did you experience something like this? Yeah, so I... That's a long-winded way of saying this. Well, I should say first, I had near-death. I had two near-death experiences. One when I was seventeen, a high-speed skiing accident. And the reason I bring up the near-death experience when I when we talk about the shared death experiences, they're very similar. So I had a brush with death, and then when I crashed on my skis, I was catapulted out of my body, sailed through a beautiful universe i mean i could i was could see myself moving rapidly away from my body on the ski slope but it felt pleasant i was calm i realized i'd been there before i saw a life review that was of the life i lived up to the those first 17 years and then i ran into that beautiful light i mean the, which i called i grew up catholic so that was god to me i said oh my god i like oh my god i don't want to die uh so i pled with that light and i came back uh, so that was a really formative experience that even though I didn't talk about that experience at all for a decade, it, it opened my, my reality, if you will, unconsciously to 
a sense that I live beyond this life. Um, and that was pretty clear to me. So I later worked in South America and I actually had uh, a SDE was, I don't even refer to it in my book, but because, you know, when you're writing a book, you have a certain amount of experiences you want to put in here, but I'll share this one now for your listeners. Cause it's, it's unique. And it was a really gateway experience for me. I was driving home from the beach. It was, six friends uh, living in southern Peru, so like an hour drive from the coast to the inland city of Tacna, where we were living and working, and there was a man on the road, and uh, he was run over. It apparently looked like he was been hit by another car. I went out to go see him, and I, you know, I checked his vitals. I started doing CPR, and as I was doing that, I realized I was drifting out of my body. I was being pulled out a bit and I was also aware that there were all these loving presences around and I was in a different time space dimension. I didn't know it then, but that was my first kind of, that was my first shared death experience. I, in some ways I was having his experience. I was with him in some way. That's my own interpretation. People will look at these experiences differently, but you know, being that, you know, I'm probably at this point, um, you know, recognized as the leading researcher in the world on this. And I say that humbly because there's not that many researchers in this field. There's only a handful of us, but, you know, we've studied, we've, we've published the literature in the you know, major medical in a major medical uh, journal and coming up in some other end of life journals as well. So, um, so those was my early experiences, but there's one in particular that I do uh, mention in the book. And it was when I was a hospice worker in San Francisco, the Zen Hospice Project. And I had been working with Ron. Uh, he was very close to his death. And I'd been reading him stories pretty much every day. And I'm reading and I pop out of my body. I am just reading just as I'm talking to you here right now. And all of a sudden I'm above my body, above his body. And Ron is suspended uh, next to me. And he's got a big smile on his face and he's acknowledging that we're there together. Uh, I don't know if he invited me there, but it seems like he had some sense of knowing that I was there. I want to say that he invited me there because he was quite uh, smug in his sense of, you know, kind of, if I were to interpret, it would just check this out, William, look where I am. Uh, so those are my early formative experiences. Well, that's great. So then because you had those, is that what led to your research to find other people who had similar experiences? Yeah, thanks so much for asking that. So I had a number of experiences at the, working at Zen Hospice Project as a volunteer, I should say. And that was great being a volunteer. I was a psychotherapist as well. And that was in my early days of training when I started there. So I had a very open mindset about um, what can happen at end of life. And I was, you know, when you're a student and learning about psychology and uh, the human consciousness, all this was fascinating to me. So I, I would have a, a few other, you know, probably a half dozen more shared death experiences at working at the Zen Hospice Project. And, but, but there, even though we were a very progressive, open-minded hospice, there wasn't a name for these experiences. I had a wonderful supervisor uh, Eric Pochet, kind of a legend in San Francisco for his, he had been doing the work for, uh, since the AIDS epidemic, actually. So three decades when I was there. And he, 
he would say, you know, hey, William, just phenomenal rolling by. He was very Buddhist. And they say, you know, don't hang on to anything. Someone needs your help down in bed three. And I said, okay. So, so I would have these, but there was no real um, anything. No, 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 certainly nothing in the literature. It's not that the literature hadn't identified certain experiences and had, had recorded some accounts, but there was no real typology until 2009 when Dr. Raymond Modi what, wrote his book glimpses of eternity and he was the founder of the i should say he wrote a book at uh, near-death experiences kind of a, a big bestseller in the mid-70s and he was getting these letters up from people saying hey i didn't have a near-death experience but i did have something very similar when my mother or father partner died and it's like this and raymond really put these letters together and said hey this shared death experience is very similar to the near-death experience but it's not a brush with death it's a caregiver a loved one so he wrote the book but he identified about eight features he called them elements so when i heard him talk i knew exactly what he was talking about but i said to him i said you know not only do i know about these experiences i think i may know how to help people have them because I, I really know this terrain pretty well and the conditions that it takes to, to have these experiences. He was very affirming. He's been a supporter of, of, of my work ever since. And I decided really relatively early that if we were gonna get these experiences accepted in healthcare in particular, we needed to do rigorous research. And so we have. And uh, like I said, you know, I'm happy to say, proud to say that my team um, is, is the leading uh, research institute on shared death experiences. And, and yeah, and I would encourage your viewers to go to our website to look because we have some, uh, we've put, posted some videos from our interviews so people can hear uh, experiencers. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. And you have so many stories in your book from your research. Um, how did you choose which stories went into the book? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so that was uh, a question that was really worked out. I'm smiling because uh, had a wonderful uh, professional writer who works closely with Simon and & Schuster, and, and she and I would go through them, and we would determine, you know, looking at power of experience, um, diversity of experiences you'll notice that we have 28 accounts and it's highly diverse not just in north america but we have them and you know probably six or seven from europe a few from australia um you know so we do have lovely diversity and i will say that if you remember the first two that we begin with in a deep way are cases that really move people uh, and are are kind of hard to believe that two people on two continents would have the same experience. And I'm referring to uh, Michelle and Elizabeth's case. They were both, they both lost uh, children, babies at birth, and they had very similar experiences with their loved ones, uh, deceased loved ones. In one case, it was Michelle's father. In Elizabeth's case, it was her grandparents, grandmother on one side, coming to her, to them saying, essentially, we've got your baby. We'll take care of your baby. And, and to see the similarity so profound uh, yeah. and such a comfort to these young mothers yeah. to know that this precious child that they have been carrying, you know, 
uh, for nine to 10 months, and now they're giving it up and don't want to, but yet their deceased relative who they know and love has come to take their role. Powerful experiences. That's how we started. And then we go into all sorts of other experiences where we look at, you know, trauma and SDEs. We look at, we're really interested in people always ask about angels. So we have a number of beautiful cases with angels. Um, yeah. They're not all come across looking like angels, but they, they have an angelic presence. Yes. Yes. So as I was reading the book, I, I saw some similarities between the shared death experiences. What are the most common ones? Yeah. So the most common element, uh, we call it a feature, is seeing the, seeing the departing, seeing the dying person along their journey. So if you were to look at the shared death experience, the dominant motif is journey from this human existence into a benevolent afterlife. And the element or the feature that we see most often is that the caregiver loved one will see the dying at some point in this journey. And they will see that that person either needs their assistance. That happens in about 6% of our cases. Um, but in most of them, they, they see them and they realize that they're doing fine. They're progressing. They're greeted by other deceased loved ones. Uh, there's uh, often some guides there, there for them. Mm-hmm. And that's a key element for sure. Seeing these, the, the dying, seeing elevated beings who serve as guides and seeing deceased relatives. Mm-hmm. Those, are the, those are the features that we find to be the most profound. There's a ton of others. The light is spectacular. There's always a mm-hmm. movement to the light. Um, yeah, those are the... And you talk about, and you might've touched on this a little bit, but there are benefits to the person who is sharing this with the, the person who's passing over. Can you talk a little bit more about what those benefits are? Sure. The benefits, and I should say as a psychotherapist, I would not be doing this work, but for the benefits. The, what we find is that an experiencer, a shared death experiencer reports that they know their loved one is alive and well in a beautiful, benevolent afterlife. They know that they'll see them again in some form. They don't know where, but they're not saying, I believe. The terminology that we see is, I know. So it's, this is, and they'll also say they're in a reality. When they're in this reality, it's deeper, more real. It's an ultimate reality vis-a-vis this earthly existence as humans that we're having. They'll also report that their anxiety about death or their fear about death is largely alleviated. And that their grief, uh, while it's losing a loved one, is always painful. Mm-hmm. But they feel like they have a larger context to hold the loss in. And that gives imbues the loss with meaning. They feel like they understand, as painful as it is, that this is part of life. Mm-hmm. And that they'll see the person again, as I've mentioned. So yeah, other than that, I think the other thing we see is people feel that the experience gives them a renewed purpose in life. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It, now, as I was reading the book, and you did go into this in your book, I was thinking, 
wow, I want to experience this. And I was thinking, how could I put myself in a position to maybe have a shared death experience with someone? Yes. So this is a question that I get asked quite a bit uh, because it's such a desirable experience. And the real truth is that there, that we see a, a number of factors that contribute to people's ability to have this. The first is a, a sense that they have a, a good relationship with the dying. In other words, there's a bond. Uh, it doesn't have to be a particularly deep bond because a lot of healthcare workers and hospice will have shared death experience with their patients. It's because that bond builds so quickly and deeply uh, when you're working you know, side by side with someone who's dying. And if you're a person who can understand what they're needing and wanting, uh, there's a bond that builds there. So the relationship we see as central, uh, although not exclusively so. So in other words, we do also have people that are just what we call them adepts. Um, I would be one of those in the sense that if I'm around a death, I seem to have access to uh, a shared death experience. Like in other words, I'll be able to share in the way just because I, I'm, I have a I have a way, I know what it is about me. I think well, I do have an idea what it is about me. When I've had these shared death experiences and near death experiences, my energetic constitution is different. And, I, and I'm, I'm like a, uh, a radio dial. I can tune in to where they're going and I just can see and feel things. Uh, and there's a lot of us out there. There's nothing particularly special about me. I think those of us who have this capacity, we know who we are. Um, so you want to get into right relationship with your loved ones. You want to deal with unfinished business and you want to come into an acceptance and I dare say receptivity uh, to death your own and that with the loved ones. Those are big steps. Uh, and then we also have trainings on this, to be really honest with people, this is a big request. So we do have trainings uh, and we run people through a series of exercises that are largely what I've explained. How do, you, how do you unload or process your unfinished business in your life? Interpersonally, uh, intrapersonally, you know, all that. And how do you say was we say thank you i love you goodbye to everything everybody in your life and do it so that your your heart and soul are now open to death and dying and of course i i think the knowing that, that these experiences can happen also helps people be receptive so like i know now when i'm at a bedside and the people that i've trained if we're there at a bedside when someone's dying and we start feeling certain you know, sensations in our body, which are largely kind of, I wanna say electrical energetic. I know that's kind of a diffuse term, but that's the way we describe them. It's like our, we're, we're, this is now the doorway is opening, the veil is opening, and we now know that there's a pool energetic experience. I mean, I look at the shared death experience as a, uh, and if, if you look at it through physics, it's like we have this soul, spirit, and all the great spiritual traditions know this, that survives human death, and it's energetic. And so that energy, which is our essence, cannot be destroyed or actually increased either. It changes form. And so as it's leaving the body, it's pure kind of energy that goes from this life to what lies beyond. That is what 
I train people to attune to in ourselves and then to them so that they can share in this journey. That's wonderful. That's a really good guidance to have. I'll have to check out your training. So is that part of your shared crossing project? If you want to talk a little bit more about that. Thank you. Yeah. So the project, the goal of the project is to uh, positively transform people's relationship to death and dying by raising awareness and educating uh, people about shared death experiences and other extraordinary end of life experiences. We call them uh, shared crossings. And I've created a full spectrum of a variety of experiences from pre-death premonitions to pre-death visions and visitations and post-visitations and what have you. There's all these beautiful experiences that are quite affirming that happen uh, around death and dying. So our goal is to educate people about them and to bring people together to dialogue. Like that's a big piece. It's been harder during COVID, but we used to, you know, you know, have meetings around North America and beyond where we'd bring people together in workshops to do trainings about how to have these experiences, but also talk about people's relationship to them and to death and dying. And these are so meaningful. These are topics that we can't bring up in uh, most of our mainstream life, but we found there's a, a real high interest and uh, desirability to have these conversations. Yeah, so if someone wanted to get involved um, with your work, what, what would they do? How do they get involved? Yes, yeah, so uh, go to sharedcrossing.com. We have a number of resources there. You'll see definitions there about the shared death experience, shared crossings. Uh, you'll see, I really want to let your viewers know about our new shared crossing library. We call it the story library. And I mentioned it earlier, but these are wonderful stories told by people first verse, first person and their videos. So you can see the people and you can watch their emotional expression. You can see how they relate to it. So that's another good way. Mm -hmm. uh, also, if you've had an experience, please reach out to us. We appreciate that. We have ongoing research for all of our, um, shared crossing experiences, not just the SDE. And you'll see that online. And then of course we have our, our trainings and we have some pretty good uh, events coming up right now. I'll be doing a um, program with Raymond Moody. And you know he's the individual I mentioned who's, you know, he probably needs no introduction to your viewers, but uh, he's a colleague and a friend and a supporter. And he was the first person to really bring that shared death experience to the general public. So we'll be doing a a group, I believe, uh, you know, in February. So, so stay tuned for that. And yes, that's it. And just check in because we have lots of events uh, that we're doing because we're trying to get the words out. And so yeah. there, some of them are just one hour events and Facebook on lives and Zoom this and that. So you know how it goes in this era. Yeah. Yes. So back to your book, um, At Heaven's Door, what is one takeaway one thing you want your readers to take away from reading this book. Thank you. I want people to know that these spiritual experiences, uh, if you want to call them that, are first and foremost human experiences. The shared death experience in my mind is probably a birthright. We deserve to know that these experiences with ourselves and with our loved ones are available to us. And I encourage people to, to learn about them and to prepare yourself for what we call a conscious, connected, and loving end-of-life experience. And should you have an, an SDE, 
shared death experience. It's the most beautiful, loving, transformative healing experience you can have. And it's possible. Oh, you just gave me the chills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so fascinating. It's so amazing. So where can people find your book? Well, I'm, I'm really blessed that uh, Simon & Schuster is uh, my publisher. And so as they always tell me, tell anyone who wants the book, you can get it anywhere books are sold because they have <laughs> such a beautiful network. Um, I encourage people to go to their local independent bookstores because they provide such a service and during covid the foot traffic's been low so and you can find that um you know if you go to our website and go you know, actually i have an author page too you can you can go there and i provide links to go to the indie stores that are in your neighborhood you can order from them and they'll mail it to you uh so uh, i try to support independent booksellers i just think they provide but but whoever you feel comfortable with you will likely find it perfect well I really appreciate you joining me this morning. It was so eye-opening. I loved your book. I cried through it. And I'm going to go check out your website for more information. But um, thank you so much for being here. I enjoyed our conversation. Annie, I did too. I really, thank you for having me. And uh, I just appreciate your willingness to explore this, this topic. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.